Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. I think this is probably the longest stretch between podcasts. And my sister-in-law texted me and said, are you just so busy with school? And yes and no, um, I'm busy with school, but not so busy that I can't do a podcast. I just want to share a couple of interesting things that have that have happened in my learning and my growth in this last week since my last podcast. Um, take a look at Second Nephi five. This was a little bit of a, a transition for me, as it was pertaining to my own life, but I didn't realize it in the moment. So it says. In 2 Nephi 5 and 5 and 6. So Nephi says that they had to flee into the wilderness and he took all of those who would go with him. And he separated himself from his brothers, Laman and Lemuel. And it says, Wherefore it came to pass that I, Nephi, did take my family and also Zoram and his family and Sam, mine elder brother, and his family and Jacob and Joseph and my younger brethren, and also my sisters and all those who would go with me and all those who would go with me were those who believed in the warnings and the revelations of God, wherefore they did hearken unto my words. And every time throughout the years that I've read this, my heart breaks a little bit as I read about how this family is literally destroyed because part of the family wants to follow God, wants to listen and heed those warnings that that Nephi testifies and prophesies about. And then the other part of the family, Laman and Lemuel, they have to separate themselves from them because of their desire for unrighteousness and wickedness. So they have to remove themselves from that toxic family. And I know that we too have all had to experience times like this, either to remove ourselves from a toxic friendship or a toxic family member or you have to separate yourselves because you have been abused and so your family too is divided and sometimes it's just simply divided out of pride so as I've read this over the years my heart breaks a little bit for this family because Lehi and Sariah had worked so hard to keep their family intact and to remove themselves from Jerusalem that was about to be destroyed and they took them to the promised land and and Nephi just struggles with his brothers. So finally when his parents pass on, um, it was Nephi's ultimate decision that we need to separate ourselves from our brothers and I'm sure that was difficult for him as it would be difficult for all of us to say, I can no longer be a part of your life. And I was thinking, do we have to make such a drastic separation? And sometimes the answer is yes. And lots of times there are people who keep their family intact and they just continue to 
be in touch with their family members who are choosing not to follow Christ's teachings. And so those are individual choices. And so for me, that has not, that has not been a choice for me to have ever had to make that I had to, that I had to separate myself from a family member. I've had to separate myself from friends. If I felt like it was going a direction that was not good for my spirit and each time that has happened, that has proven to be invaluable, that decision. But as far as family members, that is a very difficult choice because you you don't want to separate and divide your family. But in this climate of the world, we're probably seeing that naturally happen is families are divided, even down to whether or not they wear a mask in front of each other or who they're voting for politically or if they stand behind police officers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And it's very unfortunate that even in the scriptures it says that we will oppress one another. Isaiah says that. I just read that and it just came to my mind that we will oppress one another. But that's not my whole point here. I had a, a, I had an aha moment when I read Second Nephi. Five. And the aha moment came days later. So what happened was I have these three teenage girls who are now adults. And not saying that they are leading a life of wickedness, not at all in any stretch of the imagination. That's not what is happening. But what did happen is that I had a realization that I needed to let go. And I I told all three of them that you are now adults. The decisions that you make are on you. If you don't want to come for prayer and scripture, that's on you. If you don't want to attend church, it's at 10.30, set your alarm. I'm not going to come down after you and text you and, and threaten to take away your next weekend or your plans. It's on you. It's all on you. All your decisions are now on you. If you want to conduct your life in a reckless manner, that's your decision. I have done what I'm supposed to do. I have taught you. And as I've gone on the next few days after that, it was difficult because I wanted to say, okay, you're going to choose that. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to ground you from your phone or I'm going to have to take away your driving privileges. And I thought, no. Those are their decisions, and as long as they're not hurting my property or affecting my spirit, then that's their decision. But I cannot force or press upon my will upon them in hopes that they make a better decision. That has to be on them. And it was difficult. It has been difficult. And one of my girls says, well, I want to go and stay the night up in Provo in Utah County. And I said, well, I just don't know where you're going to be. And I just don't know who you're going to, oh my gosh, mom. And I said, okay, Shari, that is old language. You can't use that anymore. Okay. You go do you if that's what you want to do. And I've just had to wash my hands of it and let it go. She's 18. And I realized that I had just separated myself 
that I had just pulled a Nephi and separated myself. And it wasn't in the same context as Nephi had to separate himself from Laman and Lemuel. He removed them because from their family and from their lives because of their, their wickedness. Nonetheless, they separated themselves and they had to move forward in their faith and trust in God that maybe someday their family would be reunited. So all these years, I thought that separating myself was not ever going to happen. But I had this realization that I had just separated myself from children who want to make their own decisions, want to be independent, If they want to choose wickedness, they can. If they want to choose righteousness, join me. But it's on them. And I had to separate myself from that. I've had to wash my hands and say, I have done my job as a mother and I have to let them go. And I turned to my father in heaven and I kneeled and I said, if it be thy will. And I said prayer after prayer after prayer. And something I have never been able to do is at the end of a prayer and at the end of a request for a blessing, say, if it be thy will. That was something I've never been able to do because it was like I was letting go of my own personal control of a situation and I wasn't happy with the way that I could possibly imagine Heavenly Father's will being. And so if I brought myself to say that, then I was relinquishing and submitting and putting my arms out and saying, here you go, Father, this is yours. I can't do anything else about it if it be thy will, that it goes the direction that I hope that it goes, but if not, let it be thy will. And I separated myself from my children. And I turned to Heavenly Father and said, and I pray that they will choose righteousness. And I pray that they will be safe and protected and watched over. And that they will return home safely wherever they are and whatever they're doing, that they will come home in safety. If it be thy will, that was so hard. And another realization that I had was all of the sudden, I was truly living my religion. I was living the gospel because I had separated myself, allowed my children to move forward in the agency that is divine and sacred and the greatest gift they say that our father in heaven could give to us is our agency and because i was not allowing that to happen because as a mother i know the dangers i know what's out there they think they do and i'm fearful that that they will stumble and they will fall and they will find out what it means to make bad decisions I had to relinquish all of that and separate myself. And if it be thy will, if it be his will, and I truly submitted myself to that. And 
Oh, talk about not being able to breathe. But I felt, as I do right now, an incredible amount of peace. As I chose to live my religion and trust in God. I think at this moment in my life, I am living the gospel of Jesus Christ to a greater degree than I have ever. Have before. And so in my last podcast, I said I would share with you some of the, the scriptures that, that I came across that were helping me be patient in my affliction. And then I forgot And so I thought, well, on my next podcast, I will circle back around to that. But this last week has been really amazing because one of the things that I also realized that, as I said, you know, I'm not having prayer and scripture and having you guys come to it, that I'm, I'm, I'm all done with that. I have taught you, we have had prayer and scripture, and if you want to join us, it'll be up to you. Well, I have my own personal prayer and scripture each and every day. But family prayer and scripture, all of a sudden, completely was halted. I mean, there's not every single day in the last 29 years that we've had prayer and scripture. Have I done it faithfully every single day? But this was a deliberate stop. Like, okay, I've done my job. We no longer have prayer and scripture as a family. And... It's on them. It is completely on them because my prayer and scripture as a family each day for for them was was family time was for them. I had my personal prayer and scripture in the morning and Jeff does his separately and then we would come together and, and do it with our children. Well, since I made that decision to separate myself from them and that I've taught you all, you know what you need to do, you do you. And as I turned to do a podcast in the next couple of days, nothing came to my mind. And then I would read and I would study and I would listen to conference talks one after another and nothing was clicking. There was no inspiration. And then I remembered a dear friend of mine who is actually the wife of a state president. She said that whenever there is any amount of discord between her and her husband he has no inspiration on how to lead the stake and they have to be very watchful that they conduct themselves in righteousness and have no discord between them so that his mind is freely flowing with the spirit well the first few days after deciding to separate myself from my adult children completely, like letting go. And that meant, you know what? I don't need to worry about prayer and scripture as a family. I'm not going to worry about this. And I told that to Jeff. And so we've just continued on with our personal prayer and scripture. But then as I turned to do a podcast, even though that I, that my own personal preparation had continued, there was zero inspiration. 
And I was wondering, why? What is going on? Why am I not receiving any amount of aha moments or illumination in my mind and personal reflection is excited and I can't wait to share? None of that has happened in this last week. And I realized that I was not keeping Father's commandment that he has issued in the proclamation to the world that I need to still conduct myself as a mother and lead her home in righteousness and the invitation must be there for prayer and scripture and they can make the decision if they come but that does not mean that I halt that right So Jeff and I decided that we would continue in prayer and scripture, that we would continue making sure that that happened for the two of us and that we would invite our children. And if they came, that would be on them. So it says in the proclamation to the world, parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness. Okay, I've done what all I can to provide for them their physical and spiritual needs. Okay, check, mark, done, okay, done the best. To teach them to love and serve one another and to observe the commandments of God. Husbands and wives, mothers and fathers will be held accountable before God for the discharge of these obligations. So, Jeff and I realized that we needed to make sure that prayer and scripture still was happening in our home and that the invitation would be there. But again, the separation is we would not be forcing them to come. It would be on them. But prayer and scripture was still happening in my home with Jeff and myself. It was still happening in our home. The words and the songs and the readings, those were still flowing through our home. And I realized I was not receiving any direct inspiration promptings, nothing for a podcast because I had abandoned something that God says is sacred. But I didn't think at first that I was abandoning it. I just thought I'm doing my own and I've done this for them all these years and I'm all done. I have done my part and it's on them. But I had abandoned prayer and scripture for my family and that meant that Jeff and I we were just even on our own and I knew that it was extremely vital and important that it continues it's on them they can come he says in Doctrine and Covenants 18 verse 10 remember the worth of souls is great in the sight of God and when you click on the word worth since thou wast precious in my sight Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. And when I read that, I I wanted to honor my father right back and love him and honor him right back and continue on with what I know is right. The part that I separated myself from was the force, the demand, 
the punishment, the threats, the bribing. I let go of that. I'm done with that. It's on you now. It's on you to conduct yourself in a spiritual manner or not. And so one of the little things I wanted to share in my last podcast that has strengthened me in my patience of in, in affliction, which patience I have to work on always, was from a little tiny quote from Gordon B. Hinckley in The Marvelous Foundation of Our Faith. He says, those who have kept the faith and served the Lord and stood like giants. I don't always feel like a giant. I feel often like a, a wannabe giant and I've been knocked down and I'm, I'm down. But in 1 Nephi 3.6, this is another one that I've saved. Therefore go. It says, therefore go. So I get up and I keep going. I get up. I get up and brush myself off and dry my tears and I keep going. I love the little scriptures right here. It says, Behold, my soul delighteth in proving unto my people the truth of the coming of Christ. And he says, And my soul delighteth in the covenants of the Lord, which he hath made to our fathers. Yea, my soul delighteth in his grace and in his justice and power and mercy in the great eternal plan of deliverance. And my soul delighteth in proving unto my people that save Christ should come, all men must perish. So, my soul delighteth. That doesn't mean your soul or my children's soul. Or people I try to be an example to, that their soul delighteth. It's on their time. When my soul delighteth doesn't mean that theirs will too. It's on their time and I have to separate myself from that. But in the meantime, my soul is gushing. My soul is full. My soul delighteth. My sister-in-law sent me a wonderful conference talk with all the feelings of a tender parent by Elder Robert D. Hales. He said, our families can be at peace if we do what's right and we will be guided and protected and so I will continue doing what is right. And every parent faces moments of fear. However, when we exercise our faith by teaching our children and doing what we can to help them, our fears will diminish. And so as I've said, Father, thy will be done. I thought I would be scared. I thought my entire life that if I said and uttered those words at the end of a prayer, at the end of a request on behalf of my children, that I would be scared. No, our Father will help us live our religion. I am finally living my religion. Heavenly Father's desire is that I simply keep His commandments and practice agency, and that means to allow my children to practice their agency. Teach your children light and truth according to the commandments and set your house in order. I have done this. It's up to them now. It's up to them. 
He says, I join with faithful parents everywhere in declaring that we know who we are, we understand our responsibility as parents, and we do not fear the wrath of the Prince of Darkness. We trust in the light of the Lord. And sometimes we fear the wrath of this darkness, but we fear our children. We are afraid to counsel them. We're afraid of what they're going to do. We are afraid of offending them. Stand like a giant and go forward. Therefore, go forward with faith. And sometimes when our children aren't heeding our expectations, we need to remind ourselves it doesn't matter. God's got them. Leave the door open to our hearts that they may know that they always have a soft place to land. Just like the prodigal son, he always knew the kind of home that was awaiting for him. And when I can, I will take advantage of priceless moments that I am with my children. But I'm no longer going to say, well, in the scriptures it says this, or in a conference talk it says that. I I can do that when it may feel right, but I know that that, for my children, it pushes them away. Because they always say something like, oh, it always goes back to religion, or always goes back to the scriptures, always goes back to church. I don't want them to feel that way, so I will live my life in the best way that I possibly can that they may think about their mother as an example of righteousness, and they will always know what to do. Because of the example of their mother. So I will continue on. And what a blessing it is to invite and allow them to live their agency. And our Father will help us trust and honor the principles of agency. Elder Robert D. Hale says, Opposition and the Atonement, even when our children make unwise decisions, through His Spirit, He will help us. He will help us teach our children to meet every challenge, trial, and tribulation in life by remembering who they are. The Prophet Joseph Smith gave the most comforting words in regards to our children, whether they choose righteousness or or not to choose righteousness, to follow in the path of covenant keeping or not. He says that the eternal ceilings of faithful parents and the divine promises made to them for valiant service in the cause of truth would save not only themselves, but likewise their posterity. Though some of the sheep may wander, the eye of the shepherd is upon them and sooner or later they will feel the tentacles of divine providence teaching, reaching out after them and drawing them back to the fold. Either in this life or the life to come, they will return. It doesn't say they might return or they could return. Joseph Smith says they will return. They will have to pay their debt to justice. They will suffer for their sins. And so that's me saying, oh, don't sin because you will suffer. I've suffered. I've sinned and it hurts. It's painful. And they look at me and go, okay, mom, whatever. Okay, the best teaching, I guess, for you will be for your suffering. 
but he says they will suffer for their sins and may tread a thorny path. But if it leads them at last, like the penitent prodigal to a loving and forgiving father's heart and home, the painful experience will not have been in vain. Pray for your careless and disobedient children. Hold on to them with your faith. And then he says, hope on, trust on, till you see the salvation of God. I am so grateful for the learning that I have received this week. That I am finally living my religion. And letting go and letting God and trusting God. And he has helped me live it. With greater peace and assurance that all is well. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Coaching Chaos. And may you live your religion too.